House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. My name is Kevin Sully in Austin, Texas, joined by Jason Halpin out in what I can only assume is balmy Las Vegas, Nevada. Jason, good evening. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for recording at night here. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool, I don't know, 103 today. Not too bad. A cool 103. I, was I found the 105 is, my, is, is where it starts getting bad. So if it says under that, I'm usually pretty good. I was looking up the weather for Doha. Yeah. Because I may or may not be there Ooh. For, for a certain event later on in the year 2019. I was going to say later on in the <laughs> summer, but that's not true. Right now, it's 94 degrees. Okay. And it's 4.34 a.m. there. <laughs> Feels like 95, though. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, 107, then 109, 112, 113, 114, 114, 114. <sighs> so at 7 a.m., it's 100 degrees. Wow. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Pretty... that's. I mean, we live in two of the hottest places in the U.S., and... Not, not good enough for me. Yep. I needed to go global. I needed to go <laughs> and search the whole world around. So this is going to be a very busy show. We have just an insane amount of emails. We're very appreciative of all the emails that have been coming in. So we're going to do our best to get through all of those. We're also going to do our event draft like we did. We did this last year, right, Jace? For, yes, that's right. Well, last year it was the pre-classic. This year it's the meet formerly known as the pre-classic. So T M F K. ATPC. Yes. Well, very easy to remember. <laughs> so we're each going to pick. Well, we're going to go through the whole the whole thing because it's a great meet. It is yeah. a great really meet. Good. So we'll, we'll go and, and pick our, our favorite events, and then we'll figure out who has the best squad of events at the end. Mm. Anybody can do a fantasy draft of people, but <laughs> who can draft track events? Uh, not that many people. Uh, but first... Let's recap the week, because there weren't many meets, but we have a 17-year-old in Britain running 145. We have Shawnee Miller-Weibo running a 300 that you're very excited about. We have Elaine Thompson answering any questions that you Oof. may have had about her. I feel like everybody have, had questions. I mean, I, this is this is crazy, I know, but though. I'm making this whole thing about you. That's and fair. And then, like finally, it. Andre DeGrasse proved you completely there wrong. There we go. And yep. me, 100% right, three years That's in the true. making. Uh, it feels good to have never left Andre DeGrasse's corner. Yeah. We've been through a lot, finally vindicated. But let's start first in Jamaica, shall we? Yeah, I think we got to start there. Oh, man. Yeah. 1073 is... times two at the front of this race. And then there's a 17-year-old, Brandon Williams, who runs 1094. The women's 100 is on this year. Yeah. It's, and it was, because it was weird, like, right? Like, the 100 was kind of in a weird place, the women's 100. It was pretty open, it looked like. The U.S. team was kind of like, who's, you know, who's going to be in control? Is it, like, Shikari? Like, you know, it's, like, kind of stepped up. We only know is Bowie. Yeah. Um, Fraser Price, you know, has been around forever and still still amazing, but, like, hadn't quite been her old self, obviously. Thompson showed a little flash last week. But we weren't sure if she was like back, back. 
Mm-hmm. And now all of it just was like, yeah, let's all just all this happen at once. And ten sevens are being thrown around like crazy, like they haven't been in years. And uh, yeah, you have, I mean, Thompson and Fraser Price, like two two of the, you know, certainly two of the best five sprinters ever. Mm-hmm. Um, both, you know, reeling off of ten sevens. Um, yeah, I don't know how you don't get really, really excited for this. I think Elaine Thompson's healthy. Yeah, it seems like it, it might be official. That's going to be my my big takeaway. We've seen fast times in Kingston early. As I'm looking at the all-time list here, I actually see three other marks ahead of these from last week from Kingston. Mm-hmm. And one is from Fraser Price and two is from Thompson. So we know it's a quick track. But look, look, what, look what this race was. We've never had two people under 1075 in the same race. Yep. Fraser Price, who you mentioned, is one of the greatest of all time. That runs her fastest time since 2013. Uh, I saw the stat that she's now the fastest mother of all time. Okay. and Interesting. Okay, I didn't see that one. I like that, though. And with our, our third placer there, Brianna Williams, just 17 years old, so she breaks all sorts of records. Fastest high schooler. Uh, well, she, she attends high school in the United States, obviously coached by Otto Bolden. So mm. She broke that record, broke this you know you whatever you that it doesn't even matter she's in 1094 that's nuts yep <laughs> and now when you take these two times combined with shikari richardson's 1075 so we have three women 1075 or faster that's only happened one other year in history in wow. 09 in 09 that's it that's the entire uh list of occurrences of, of this many women we had a lot of years where it was just one woman down there maybe even two but yeah, it's only only ever happened one time where three have run ten seventy five or faster. I don't know if they're going to run this fast again this year, or maybe even in their careers. I don't know. <laughs> but for 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 this year, it certainly answers questions about how fit they are, and it yeah. certainly puts this event in a totally different place than it was even five days ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, Thompson, it, it's, we've been waiting for this for a long time. I don't know if I, I you know, I would have not taken Fraser Price to run 1073 no. again in her no. career. Like, I mean, and not no disrespect, anything against her. No. She's 33, yeah. 34. Like, and she's, you know, like I said, maybe the best, the best sprinter ever, but she's like post prime by all accounts, uh, but still unbelievable. But if, if, if this is Elaine Thompson, like if she's, and this is two weeks in a row of looking like Elaine Thompson, like mm-hmm. I, she is, I I could see her dipping in the ten sevens multiple times this year because she's when she's right she's uh, just looks unbeatable like she just mm-hmm. has she just just in that second half of the race it's like comical how fast she goes just to to, to mow down people so um, yeah I mean I, I think it's it's gonna be obviously just this this event went up like ten places from where it was um, you know and events to be excited about in world championships and yeah uh, yeah it's 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 great to see. And then Thompson came back later, 22 flat in the 200. So that's the fastest time in the world. And Fraser Price at 22.22, even when she was at her peak, she was never like a, like known as a 200-meter runner. Right. So the, the 22.22 is still a great mark for her. I think we can say both women's sprint events are just incredibly fascinating. If Miller Weibo for some reason runs the 200, which would be it's like very impossible, tough. basically, but... That would be because I think Miller Weibo is the best 200 meter runner in the world. Like if you were able to line them all up, like I, that that is who I would pick to come out. Just because 
she just looks even after the twenty two flat. Even after twenty two flat, All I right. mean, and you know, at Miller Rebo, she's she ran a three hundred this week, which you know, whatever. She split twenty two four for her first two hundred, which is fun. Um, but I mm-hmm. just think she's. I mean, obviously, like I said, a right Thompson though is is extremely hard to pick against. But Miller Miller Rebo is the one person I think I would might pick in that situation. Things were not as sunny on the men's side of things. I mean, Blake gets to win in the hundred. Yeah. Runs nine ninety six, and then second in the two hundred, where he was north of twenty seconds. You can't say the track was slow because <laughs> the women did not have any problem with it. Yeah, that, that that hurts that a little bit at all. This is what we've seen come in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, There's he's no, he's no, a mid nine nine guy, right? I mean, that's well, he, no, it's not his fault. There's no. no one there. Like, where's the Jamaican depth? But on even the men's side. You know, hey, even if there was a ton of talent, like we see him in Diamond Leagues, he doesn't run faster than nine nines. Like he just, that's who he is, right? I mean, at this point, when's sure. the last time he he ran under nine nine? I'm actually kind of curious about that. But well, well, so yeah, my my point was on a larger scale. Yeah, Jamaica. Jamaica no, yeah, for Jamaica in general, yeah, it's not. I mean, he's still he won the hundred, so it's like you can't really. Last time he ran under nine nine. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna like this. Win legal. Last time he ran under nine nine was 2012 when he ran 1969. Wow. His uh, PR. Yep. Nine six nine. Yep. Yep. His P. That's when he ran his PR. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's crazy, right? I mean, like that's. And it's hey nine nine. It's unfortunately that puts you in a pool with 25 other guys. Um, I mean, this is a dude who a ran final. 1926 in a 200, and he's not. And nine six nine. Like he was top. You know three yeah. in both events ever <laughs> but to me it's but to, to me it's not about him it's about how is he still able to win with a 990 for sure time yeah. and how is he still able to get second with a time north of 20 seconds all this stuff falls on blake just because blake was supposed to be the guy after bolt but look blake's 29 yeah it's not like he came up at the end of bolt's career he was there i mean they almost were in conjunction with one another right like yeah, he was like two, three years younger, but he was, and he, yeah. it, I mean, it, there was like arguments like, oh man, Blake could break these records because he ran, like you said, nineteen three, yeah, nine sixty nine when he was, I don't know, twenty two or whatever. Um, but injuries, man. Yeah. Weirdest race though, from the Jamaican champs, the women's high hurdles. Now, J- Jamaica has a really strong women's high hurdles team this year. The Danielle Williams, there, obviously, mm-hmm. she's. Uh, you know, one of the best in the world. Those have Janique Brown, who we saw at NCAA's run 1240. And Jason, they had such a big controversy starting this race that they scrapped the race entirely. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of this happening ever in my life. This is incredible. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess there was some weird. So yeah, Williams was false started and mm-hmm. I'm just reading this, this from, from here track showing the red card three separate occasions but remain adamant that she she did nothing wrong. And the race was sent off again, but there was several popping sounds coming, so they recalled all athletes. M- most of the hurdlers like ran more than half the race. Mm-hmm. And so it was initially going to be just postponed, but then they just canceled it. Um weird. <laughs> like I don't I mean, I guess, you know, I, I don't this know. This is the trials. Yeah, like do they just end up just picking a team or I mean they still have I don't know, 11 months until the world championships. Like just pick like do schedule another race. Yeah. That's from the, you're reading from the, the track alerts recap of the race, which reads like a, 
I don't like a track and field adventure novel. <laughs> I, and like she refuses to leave. By the way, did you? I mentioned we got a lot of emails. Did you see the one we got? Actually, you might not have because it was one that was uh, in my junk folder. I had to move it over. But there was this um, race in Wisconsin, a high school race in Wisconsin, uh, sixteen hundred, or where they called a false start, and no. the runner refused to leave the track. Okay, we'll talk about that in the email. But that kind of reminded me of this, except completely different scale. Yeah, and I haven't seen the video of this Jamaican race yet, but I watched the video of the Wisconsin race. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But it just uh, popped into my head. Let's. Do you have anything else on Miller Weibo running a three hundred in? No, in- I mean it's. It- of course, she like set the world record. Do we get the song? We get the song. I, I think we get the angry song. song, right? Yeah, let's do the angry song right yeah. now. We'll pump that in right here. Did you see a person do a thing that no one's ever done? Higher, faster, farther, more points ever than earth. Thirty four forty one was the time, but really with this meet, this was in Ostrava. This meet was all about Andre de Grasse going up <laughs> to Jason's face and saying, "You counted me out, and look at me now." Nineteen ninety one, first sub twenty since Rio in twenty sixteen, beats Christian Coleman. Am I imagining things, Jason, or did we have a debate either in sixteen or seventeen? A, a who would you take debate? And mm. it was between DeGrasse and Coleman, right? Am I imagining that? That's that very happened? possible. And I feel really good about my Coleman pick still because he's the Coleman. best 100-meter runner in the world. Okay. I, I ran this by ESPN Stats and Info. Andre DeGrasse is 1-0 <laughs> in his last one race against Christian Coleman. That's hard to argue with. So in the words of Grant Holloway, eat your words, Jason. Eat That's your true. words. No, I'm... This uh, is a weird race. It was. It, I mean, Christian Coleman... He gets out of the block so fast. He might have a better first 10 yards than Andy Murray. And I, I know that's blasphemy. It really is. I don't know if we can agree with that. But, like, I know this is, you know, probably hyperbole just because it's happening now. But it seems like he's, like, the best starter ever. Like, he just, the way he fly, like, catch, just gets up on the field. He Yeah, he yeah. catches DeGrasse, who's one lane outside of him, in 10 yards. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. He has passed him <laughs> immediately. You think he's gonna lose by a lot yeah. after the first and yeah, 15 it's like meters. and Coleman like I mean I still thought Coleman can I still think Coleman could be a pretty good 200 meter runner um, yeah he's always gonna be a hundred guy like that's just you could just tell by like everything about him basically and yeah. grass we I think even in his prime we both thought he was a better 200 than 100 guy it just yes he I agree. like that kind of guy um but. This, I mean, this is obviously huge for DeGrasse. Into a, a negative wind, um, 1991, beats, like I said, Coleman coming from way behind, closed extremely well. Uh, this, I, this is fantastic. I, I'm, I'm loving to see it. And I absolutely was proven wrong because, hey, it was great. He won, you know, Diamond Leagues in 20.2 and, and 20.1. And, like, that's what he always <laughs> has done his whole career. So, like, but we didn't know what really to take out of that. And now this was, like, his first, like, real performance um and the 200 is pretty open i mean you have noah lyles who's you know a, a very big favorite 
Um, if Michael Norman runs, okay, I don't think DeGrasse could beat that, but who's the third best 200-meter runner in the world? Um, is it Clarence Munyai, who ran 20.3 for like the eighth time this year? Or is it Guliev, who runs 20.2 in half of his races? Uh, I think Christian Coleman like, still might be doing, you know, the, he said, originally said he wanted to do the double. I don't not positive if that's happening. This was his first 200. And he ran 1997. Not a bad race, but, you know, still lost. A good run. Yeah. yeah so like, I would say, yeah, good race for Coleman. But, you know, if, if, if this is DeGrasse, we're getting, like, yeah, he absolutely is in a, a, a good shot for a medal. One guy you left out who, if they had it right now, I think would get silver is Divine Oduduru with his mm, 1973. Yeah. That's, but, the college schedule thing is, is tough, right. but yeah. Yeah, with him, if you kind of take him out of it, then DeGrasse, even if you put him in it, yeah, DeGrasse and, and is and right I, there. Yeah, hey, the more the better, but he's, he's still DeGrasse is obviously in there. I mean, Christophe Lamette, you can pencil him in <laughs> for like a 9.92 in the final. Maybe yep. that'll get you a medal. Maybe it won't, but you can take that to the bank. I think at this point, what a run, man! I, I mean, I didn't expect it. I, I'm, I'm of course joking about all the confidence I had because <laughs> no, but I think it's it, yeah, it's cool to see though. It is. It's great to see. I, I, because I mean, you're worried. You know, he was, he's won multiple medals. Like he's, he was very, very good at a really young age and uh, just like loaded with talent because he like hadn't been doing track for very long and it was all just like this. That was part of the allure. Was like, oh man, this guy could be unbelievable. You know, if he if he figures figures it out, mm-hmm. um, and then you know injuries and everything like that, and you wonder like, hey, is he just gonna be a high nine nine or you know low ten o or low twenty o kind of guy going forward? And like that would have been been a bummer. So it's 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 better. Um, this is the first thing that's good thing that's happened to the two hundred in a long time. Um, so I'm I'm very happy. Do you know who else has a pretty good start? You're talking about best starters of all time. Yeah. Shelly and Fraser Price has a pretty good start. She has a very good start. Yeah, that's she just flies out of the blocks. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Coleman, like, Coleman reminds me of like, you know, uh, Gatlin when he was at his best, when he was just yeah. just flying out. Um, a soft Powell, obviously one of the great starters ever. I mean, we'd make fun of the last forty meters, but like he would just absolutely fly out of the blocks. Like he's Coleman. You know, I don't know the numbers, and maybe someone will just be like, "Hey, Jason, you're stupid. He's not even top." 10 okay fine my advanced like starting analytics (laughs) and if you have those i want to see them but i'd be really surprised if coleman starts over wins replacement (laughs) 50 meter mark i you know what's been cool about the sprint season this year and a lot of this centers around christian coleman but the varying styles and race patterns of the protagonists have been interesting yeah like i don't recall Ever a situation where it's like, oh man, that's like an epic 200 meter comeback, or this race looks over after 50 meters in the 100, and here comes Lyles, and he catches Coleman right at the line. I, I, I just don't remember that, and maybe it's because when Bolt was in the event, it wasn't surprising. It was a conclusion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I just think it's, it's kind of cool to see the, the different, the very disparate strengths of the top people in this event, as they say, Jason, as I say, a lot of people steal this from me. Styles make fights. Okay. <laughs> Remember that styles yes. make fights. The next time we have a boxing episode on the show. That's, that's absolutely true. You've been saying that since <laughs> high school, which is, I mean, impressive. So Max Kellerman keeps ripping off my, my stuff. And <laughs> um, the other boxing guy, I don't know the other boxing guy's name. There's another boxing guy out there. 
Who says that? I don't know. What's his DSP? Yeah, I don't know. I was going you know with Max about? Kellerman is like the one guy I can think of. Yeah. Huh, Max Kellerman. That was my Max Kellerman. <laughs> Didn't really work on that at all ahead of time. You never would have guessed. Do you want to talk about this 17-year-old in Britain? Yeah, this was... I, I, I just saw this. So I'm, I was a little late to the party, but runs 145.3 in, in the U-20s. 17 years old. Um just, I mean, obviously ran away with it pretty convincingly, clearly. Uh, but if you run 145 low to mid when you're 17, mm-hmm. that's that's certainly enough to get my attention. So um, I did not know anything about Matt, Max Bergen. Bergen, I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, but either way, that's awesome. Like that, I mean, it's just anytime we get another really fast young person, it's enough to get uh, to get excited about. I think the comforting thing here is to know that Great Britain won't put too much pressure on him and they'll have reasonable <laughs> expectations throughout his entire career. They're not going to look at this one performance when he's this young. Our and project, Max. Yeah, and project out and and make a lot of assumptions about where he'll be in the future. They'll let him grow and develop on his own timetable. And I think that's good. Yep. I think that's good. And I think a lot of other countries should should follow that lead and be a bit more measured when it comes to sports as they are in the UK. That's why I like him so much as a... Country, and that's why you're going there as an official uh, ambassador of the House of Run podcast. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah. Strictly, I'm going there strictly to meet up with the media. Um, you know, just really <laughs> excited to get like kind of behind the scenes there. Like that's that's the part I'm interested in. It's not you know all the the cool history and uh, the awesome accents and all that fun stuff. No, no, you're gonna get credentialed. You're gonna go to the London Marathon. You're just gonna scream <laughs> the most ridiculous question and then walk out of the press conference. <laughs> Just yell, whoever it is. Do you also hate Haile Gebrselassie as you walk out? <laughs> Have you stayed at his hotel? What do you think the odds? I, I, I'm really hoping if when I go out there, I could find a way to steal Richard Kilty's spikes. Like, that's, well, that's my new goal. That's the other question that you'd have to yell. Right? I'm going to get like, in contact with Guliev, and we're going to plan a heist. <laughs> the the ultimate heist. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on Max Bergen. Yep. I think that's... You know, yeah, that's I mean, like, the, obviously, yeah, I said we didn't really know much about him because he was 17, and you don't really know much about a 17-year-old until they run some crazy time. And so, yeah, now be, be excited for him going forward. All right, let's do it. Let's do our draft for this Diamond League meet that's taking place Whew. in Palo Alto, California. Before we do that, though, I think it's time for our, our Diamond League song. Yeah. What channel is being... What time zone is Doha in? I don't understand the point system. Where is the 5,000? I got a virus from this Russian stream. I forgot to set my fantasy team. I always select Perkovich. Every 200 has Edward Alonzo in it. This is the Diamond League. I should mention before we jump in, to this draft, Jason, Scooter sent us the hidden final verse that we will play later. Oh, on. yes, that's true. Should have teased that at the beginning. I, I did not. But Scooter songs are, yeah, the most exciting part of this podcast at this point. And also what Scooter did by adding an extra verse is he came back to basketball after winning three in a row. He pulled an MJ. <laughs> he put the streak on the line. Yeah. That was close to perfect. You had the three-peat. You went off and you played baseball, and it's like everybody would be fine. Your legacy is secured. You have nothing left to prove. And then his agent wrote a letter, mailed it to me, that just said, I'm back, signed Scooter. And here he goes. 
going for another one. So I, I, I respect really, it. Yeah, I respect the audacity here. Um, so we'll, we'll play that at the end. It is very – I've listened to it. Uh, I have not. Very, I'll be surprised. So I'm, I'm even happier about that. I think it's very good, but we'll let other, other people decide. All right. You get to go first here in the draft. Oh, so man. Here are the events that we have. Um, I didn't put – well, actually, I'll, I put one field event in here. I put okay. one field event in here. I put women's high jump just because there's a potential world record. But uh, men's foreign hurdles. No Samba on that one, which it would have been, I think, a higher pick. But that, that one's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah. High jump. Women. We can take – actually, let's take high jump out let's, for the purposes of the draft. Let's okay. take high jump out. Um, Maria Lasaskine could set the world record. She took attempts at 210 in Ostrava. She cleared 206. We could see an authorized neutral world record, which would be just amazing. We'll take that. Best. So women's steeple, women's 100, men's two-mile, women's eight, men's high hurdles, women's 3,000, men's 400, women's 200, women's 15, men's 100, men's mile. The only field we don't have right now as of recording, so we're recording this on Monday evening. Yes. We don't have the women's 800 field, but I – no one person who's going to be in it or is supposed to be in it. And we'll draft based on that. But yeah. That's who we have right now. It's a pretty decent someone. Um, man, this is a really, really tough ding, call. Ding, First ding, pick. Ding, 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 ding. The pick is in. I've Sorry. got three minutes do to do this, so let's just sit in silence. <laughs> I think um, it's 15. Doesn't the NFL get 15? 15. Something <laughs> comically just terrible. <laughs> you had months to come up with yeah, this like, name. Absolutely awful. Um, right. Sorry, before we go any further. Yeah. I don't know if I know this. Are you a draft? guy um the nfl draft almost not at all just because most of the players i don't like i know linemen like win super bowls and stuff like that's the most like one of the most important positions to like control the you know the the, the offensive defensive line but like i don't know who any of the good ones are so like the only time it's exciting to watch the nfl draft is if like you really need a quarterback or something and you have a top five pick or you know like outside of that it's like who are these guys i don't you know, okay. I don't know. NBA draft, a little more exciting, two rounds, so that's good. Um, I just don't get it. Like, I can just look at what happens after and see. Like, there's no entertainment value in the actual event itself. But I, I mean, I would never go to a draft. Like the people who pay money to go to a draft, well, yeah, I don't get that at all. But I, yeah, I'll watch the NBA because it's it's short. Uh, baseball, I like tracking it, but I won't watch it because it's like 40 rounds long. The baseball draft. All right. Sorry. No, Digression. The pick is in. Go ahead. I am big on this draft, though. This is good. This uh, is my favorite draft. A lot of really, really, really good events. Um, man, it's so hard. Uh, I am going to go really on form for me. Mm. The women's 200. Ooh. Bowie, Thompson, Asher Smith, Nasser, Shippers, Okabare, Prandini. I don't know. Like I said, I think the best 200-meter run in the world was probably Miller-Webo, who's probably not going to run it. Thompson seems like the next best one. But Mm -hmm. you've got... I mean, Bowie's still, you know, probably working her way back. Asher Smith has been one of the best sprinters in the world. Uh, Nasser's the second best 400-meter run in the world, and we really haven't seen her run the 200 very often, if at all. Uh, Shippers, I underestimate for some reason but she's consistently consistently wins medals in the two and i love the 200 before this weekend would you have picked this number one probably not thompson 
jumping forward like that. Like I, I kind of want to on the Thompson bandwagon right now too. And so mm-hmm. just kind of seeing what she does. And legitimately though, there's like six events I could have picked first and I just had to settle on this one. All right. I'm going to stay with the sprints. Okay. I'm going to stay with the women's sprints. Yeah. And this is one that would have been up there, I think, regardless of last weekend, but it got infinitely more interesting when Shelly and Fraser Price ran that time. Yep. Uh, and it's the women's 100 is my top pick. Now, you have Shikari Richardson's pro debut. That right what there. Can she, yeah. What can she possibly do <laughs> after 1075? Is she on the gold medal track? So just running against the field of names like Ahore, Gardner, Tolu, Aliyah Hobbs, et cetera, would be enough. But now we have a fully optimized Shelly Ann Fraser-Price yeah. that she has to go against. So the expectations, I think, change a little bit. Also in there, you have someone like Ellingish Gardner who we haven't – she ran really well. I was at Milrose Games indoors, had a really great race, haven't seen her. There's a lot of athletes She ran once this. like a week or two ago and not well, but she's coming back from a long break. Right. We have a lot of people in this meet who have run once or twice – outdoors right or sometimes zero times outdoors and you say oh yeah well world championships are in december well usa's for the american athletes usa's are in a month i think at some point you got to show something so yeah gardner's run she ran a 200 in may and 100 in in rome in the beginning of june so you got that that just adds a little bit of flavor and then you have someone like Aaliyah hobbs who's won a diamond league this year and with the women's hundred on the American side, wide open, could get in the mix. But really, to me, the two most intriguing people, Fraser Price, Shakari Richardson, in the same race. It's my top pick. Yeah, hard to argue with. That's that's a good, very good. That was one of the ones I was considering for sure. Um, man, I'm sticking with the women here. Uh, Don't do been it. Been one of the best just events for across track and field for like eight straight years. It's a win fifteen hundred. Um, oh, you have our Laura. You have Shelby Houlihan. You have Kipyagon. Yes. Sagai, Jones, Hull. Like, but Laura, Houlihan, Kipyagon. I mean, it'd be cool, I guess, if you throw Baba in there, but she's in the, a different event. But mm-hmm. that right there is fantastic. Houlihan up against our Laura, up against Kipyagon. Like, that, that just, like, and then you know it's, they're going to run it well because they always do because they actually know how to run a 1500, unlike the men. So <coughs> men. it's going to be great. Okay, here's, here's why I like this. This wouldn't have been my second pick, but here's why I like this. Okay. You you got our Laura trying to continue. Like she's had a pretty good outdoor season, right? Very, yeah, very good so far. I know she, she got beat. She got beat by Baba, but still pretty good. Hulahan, that's the question mark person. Big, right? Like we haven't seen her outdoors yet. Curious what she does. She's obviously great when she's primed and ready to go. And then you have something interesting that's unique to this year's meet. Jones versus Hull, two collegians. Because the meet got pushed back. It's after NCAAs. Yeah. So we get co- collegians in this meet. And these are two collegians who didn't race at NCAAs because Jones ran the 5,000. Hull ran the 1,500. Now, will they be battling for the win? In all likelihood, <laughs> probably not. But it's a cool... Cool second race. Subplot. Yeah, B or C plot right there. And they both could run really quick because Jones is just now getting into form. And Hull PR'd when it was 195,000 degrees in Austin somehow in a championship race. <laughs> yeah. So they could both run very quick. So and they're going to have I some like- rabbits. And also, hey, when's the last time the women's 1500 was bad? Like when you had a couple of these names in here? Has, like, 
No, it's you're right. It's it not. doesn't. It doesn't happen. It's a. It's the, the 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 floor of this pick is extremely high. Yeah, this is you got very least you got a good rotation piece. You know, guy who can come off the bench, <laughs> score a bunch. My second pick. We're sticking with the women here. Yeah, I, I thought the men, so. The men may not even get picked in the in the first three rounds here. I'm going women's 800. I don't know who else is in the field, but Caster Semenya is in this race because the Swiss federal court intervened and blocked the court of arbitration of sports ruling. And if you have multiple courts involved allowing you to run, <laughs> I'm in on your race. That is just a rule for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this one, like I said, obviously we don't have the, we don't actually have the the, the lineup, but just her making her return. Um, and, I mean, we don't get bad 800 fields generally, and I really doubt Pree's going to get a bad 800 field, like outside of Semenya. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Semenya, and that's going to be that's gonna be big. It's also an excuse to read this excerpt from an AP article about Semenya and the IWF's decision. I texted you this with the subject line, this is insane. So it's the final two paragraphs of this AP story. Yeah. Uh, So it talks about Berman. This was it like the chief IAAF scientist or one of the scientists, the IAAF used in this case. Am I correct in saying that's who this person was? Something like that. So Berman revealed some of the thinking behind the IAAF's decision. And I'm quoting here to apply the testosterone limits to some events track races from 400 meters to one mile and not to others, even when its own evidence indicated there were testosterone advantages in other events. Well, that was interesting to me. Yep. Right? Because this was all supposed to be done scientifically. So they continue. This is the last paragraph. The IWF explanation was simple. It targeted the events where 46 XY DSD athletes like Semenya were prominent. Berman said other events would have testosterone limits applied to them if six to eight athletes with a 46 XY DSD competed in the event for three to five years. What? <laughs> well, that is the weirdest huh? arbitrary setup that I've ever heard because also it's not true because if somebody else were to come out and set the world record – in the whatever 5k or 200 tomorrow and mm-hmm. had this same thing like we 100 percent would be seeing that even if no nope, it's got to be six to eight <laughs> athletes for three to five years otherwise they don't have an impact on it's the sport such a it, it, it's such a weird thing to admit like it, how it's do such you... a stupid thing to do but to actually admit that's like what you're like i guess you're by? testifying right i guess you're testifying you have yeah, to tell the truth i guess so. but how how do you say this and then also say we're not targeting Caster Semenya in the next sentence? Yeah. In the next breath. I mean, this just ind- this is a PR thing. That's all this is. We want to manage this as a public and you've you've mentioned this throughout the whole thing, right? It's like what's the right thing to do versus what are they actually going to do based on public perception? Right. Or why would you choose this thing based on public perception? Okay, this is I mean, if that's not the most capricious way to decide a rule in sports, I don't know what is. Well, some people can do and it's an individual sport, as you mentioned, but they have to do it. This many people have to do it for this long before we're going to like either it's either you feel strongly enough about it or you don't. Yes. And if you don't, you can't haphazardly implement this ruling because this one moment in time this one woman is dominating an event. 
I mean, either you're following the science or you're not, right? Yeah. And it, and, it, and it's and it's farcical because of what you just said there about how, well, of course, one person could impact the event. That's what track is. It's a whole. It's one person over the course of time winning races. There's not a group of people, right, who are going in and winning races. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the four to seven other athletes outside of Semenya who are impacting the 800. There's one right. athlete who's impacting the 800 that they're actively very worried about. But but why? I mean, I I mean I'd almost have I know if you if you extended the the ban to every event, it would at least make more sense. Oh, it, of course. It would, yeah. It, it would mean it would mean that more people would obviously be impacted, but if you said this is we found evidence and look, this is I mean this whole thing is just really sloppily done in terms of the the science, right? Remember the actual study itself, Ross Tucker and some other sports scientists were like, "Hey, you guys need to redo this study. It just it it was not well done. It was not well executed." And this is just more of that. It's like very very strange. They had an outcome that they wanted and they arranged everything on the front end is what it's what that's what it feels like to get to that conclusion. Yeah. And this yeah, is why this person has to leave because they've been in this event for this long. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, second pick women's 800. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, yeah, Sorry. there was a lot to that, but that's, it had to be said. Um, but yeah, that would be up. make You're that up. very exciting. Um, third pick. Could still easily go with another women's event, but I am going to go with the men's event on this one. I'm going to go with the men's hundred. Uh, you got Christian Coleman. Oh which wow, wow, is enough on wow. its face. But you have Justin Gatlin in there, which I'm really intrigued to kind of see what he has at this point. Um, I mean, Coleman's obviously the big one, but okay. that I think this. It, if you give me some decent weather, I think Coleman's going to run. Like he could run under nine eight, and I think that's going to be uh, just exciting enough on its own to to merit a pick that, uh, this high. See, my next pick is your event, but be- it has all the things that your event has, but it's better at them. I, I was deciding between a, those two. It's the men's four hundred because yeah. I think, I mean, Norman's going to run fast. He should, right? and I think I think there's more mystery about how quick he can go than than Coleman. In like a in a good way, and then also, I see your Justin Gatlin, and I raise you a Lashawn Merritt. Yeah, that's I, I love a Lashawn Merritt. I man, I really second hope second race of twenty nineteen. We don't know. We don't know. We that's don't know. the thing. I really hope we're not done with Lashawn Merritt. Like I hope he he can still, you know, remain relevant in this. Like he's been around forever, and he's run roughly 800 races at this point in his career. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're, we're post merit here, but I'm excited that he's running. But, but can you say that for sure? No, no. And I won't, um, I, I won't say that for sure. And so, but you have him, you have Curly. Yeah. Who, you know, has had kind of the, not fully Courtney Acolo, a little better than that, but like had the one big outlier and then been like kind of solid besides that. Um, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if he can actually, you know, put another really good time out there. Yeah. Well, they'll have somebody to chase. Cause exactly. Yeah. Norman's, I mean, I mean, over the past two years, Norman hasn't really had a bad race. I don't, I can't think of one. No. I mean, he had that ridiculous opener and then, you know, since then he's 
we weren't sure what was going to happen with that. Well, like, since then he's right, but he's beaten. I mean, he didn't. He ran a whatever four hundred in the cold, but he beat Noel Lyles in a two hundred. No, think. absolutely, no, absolutely. He's he's. I mean, he's uh, the short list of like super duper stars that. Jason hey. Michael Norman is good. All right, I'm tired of you <laughs> arguing with me about this. <laughs> no, he he. I, I was I was torn between the hundred and the four hundred um, on that, and uh, yeah, I you know I'm not, I might even con- concede that you got the better pick there, but it's close. <sighs> Ooh. I like it. All right, what do you got next? There's six events to go. Six Seven. events. Yeah, six events. We're left. just avoiding the men's middle distance as much as possible. <laughs> who, who's going to be stuck with those? You um, don't know my strategy, Jason. You don't know my strategy. This is one that easily could have gone sooner. I'm going with the women's steeplechase. Oh, wow. I thought you were going with another women's event. Okay. I, I thought, I, I thought you'd, I, yeah, I know what you thought I was going with, but I'm going with the steeplechase because <laughs> you have Coburn, you have Frericks. You have the gold and silver medalist, Chip Kowich. world record holder. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that right there is enough. Like, is Chip Kowich going to try to just throw down something ridiculous and try to have? She got beat like, last time. Jeruto yeah, beat I mean, her. Yeah. Um, and Jeruto's in there too. I, I just you know, hey, you've got the the Americans against the against the Kenyans there. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That, that that became a story, and I and I and I'm excited about that. Well, the American presence isn't as strong in the women's 3,000, but we do have Dababa, Hassan, Obiri. So I don't know why the women the women's 3,000 probably should not have dropped this far down unless you're just out on middle distance this year. No, I mean, I love it. I picked, I picked the women's 15 second. Oh, that's true. Okay. I'm talking to me. I'm having a conversation with myself here, Jason. <laughs> um, look, Dababa's been great this year. Hassan, we know, is the GOAT. Obiri... This is a wheelhouse distance for her. Yep. And then we're also getting a Almazayana appearance, first race since 2017. That's, yeah, I, that's super weird. I, I'm yeah. So I'm super. I'm into the part of the reason I am so. So when Ayana sets the world record in this race, is that going to be? It's going to be interesting, right? No one will have any comments about that. I don't think. But but the, the the presence of the college kids, and it's not the case in this event, but in the other events, and then also just the coming out of nowhere factor with a lot of these people like oh, i've only raced once this year or i haven't raced in a year makes this fun yeah because i have no idea what she's capable of so my fourth pick women's 3000 oh uh cluster in there so cluster sanity that's true cluster sanity is, is big but that's yeah that's four pretty big names at the top of that event yeah. um four events to go four events to go i'll go with the men's mile okay i i mean on the surface you look at like Kajelka, Chariot, Managai, Tefera, Brit, two Britsons, Centro in there, Murphy. Like you have, you have Willis, who always is an interesting. Like you have a loaded field, but we always have a loaded field in the fifteen in the mile, and yeah. that's the only reason it fell to this far is because it disappoints a lot of the time. Um, but it has the potential on the surface to be really good. Uh, so everyone's there. You got. I mean, there's another debut, maybe the biggest debut of the whole meet. Yeah. In Centro. Haven't seen him at all in 2019. Don't know what he's got, but he's got a month until USA's. Right. Mer- and will, will Kajelka try to keep it, make it fast? Like, it's a possibility. Yeah, he I, I, he's the one guy, I think, who won't let things go slow. Yeah. I think you, you put him in a race, I think it changes. 
that's you're a, not getting that's what i hope and this easily could like jump up like this could be a top like three event at this if he tries yeah. to make it super cool and so hopefully he does and on the american side in addition to centro you know gregoric just beat murphy and I think people forget Gregoric yeah. made the world championship final in 2017. He ran in that Kajelka world record race indoors. Gregoric ran 349 indoors. He's quietly right there. Yeah. And yeah, this is a good one. This, this I think will be like, I'll watch it. You know what I mean? I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll tune in for this one. My pick number five, man, how the mighty have fallen. Jeez, this is tough. I'm going to go men's high hurdles. Okay. I'm going men's high hurdles because we get Daniel Roberts a couple weeks after he ran 13 flat, and I want to see him in a race where there's not one Grant Holloway, but a lot of people close-ish to Grant Holloway. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see how he responds. And, I, and I'm, I'm curious what he looks like uh, as it projects forward to usas and then potentially worlds oh he's he's single-handedly like makes this race so much more interesting and it's nothing against Shubenkov from mcleod or tega any of those guys that yeah uh, yeah, and mcleod was the best in the world for like two straight years um you know hasn't been quite as good the last year and a half but um roberts getting thrown into that because it's like we're the two best hurdlers in the world running college races um very possibly Shubenkov though is right there and the cloud yeah. could be there. So like, yeah, having him thrown into there is just, just like single-handedly just, just bumps up this event so much. Mm-hmm. All right. Y- your last pick, last pick, you know, I feel bad that an event that has risen up our ranks over and over is now going to slip to the, l- the very last pick because of a scratch, <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with the men's two mile. Um, it's, you know, you can talk to yourself. You're hoping for something. You got Borrega, Gebruet, Chalimo's in there, Cheptegei, uh, Mohamed. Mm-hmm. You have some interesting, you know, players in there. Chalimo could, could try to do something. He probably won't. But Cheptegei, Borrega could try to make it fast. Um, and I don't know if that'll actually happen. But if it does, that could make it way more interesting. <laughs> I don't know if this will actually happen. But if it does. Uh, okay. I mean, it's it's a similar conversation as the mile. the The mile has more names and more, a little more interest overall, as far as names. But you you kind of have the same kind of argument, like, hey, this on paper, this could be great. Um, it's just we've been we've been burned. So you're going you're going two mile with your six pick. Yes. Okay, which leaves me with four hurdles. And legitimately, when I was when I had my big board and I invited Mel Kuyper Jr. over to my house. Uh, I was considering before Samba scratched, I was like thinking the foreign hurdles would be one of the top picks in this entire meet. Oh, it would have gone in the first two rounds for sure. No, yeah, but now it's now it's Rai Benjamin. Now Rai Benjamin could run something fast. He could by himself. Gonna have to do it alone, but yeah. But this is one of the rare, like other than the women's eight, maybe the men. Well, there's a couple events here that are gonna be blowouts not blowouts but with big favorites but this one more so this one men's men's hundred men's 400 so there's not the it's not going to be it shouldn't be a competitive 
race if Benjamin runs up to what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he wins in a squeaker, it's like, well, what what happened? This guy should be running close to 47 seconds. So that's my sixth pick. I'm okay with it. I think it has – it's a flyer. It's a late-round flyer. I know I got stuck with it, so there's really no skill in me picking it, but I'm going to pretend like I planned this entire thing. <laughs> I actually had it number three on my board. I don't. I can't believe it fell this far. <laughs> All right, so Jason's squad, women's two, women's 15, men's 100, women's steeple, men's mile, and men's two-mile. Get two for one. I went with the women's 100, women's eight, men's 400, women's 3,000, men's high hurdles, and men's four hurdles. So I went hurdles at the end of my draft. Yeah. You went, I went, you went distance. distance. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. It, it, it will be. And that's, I mean, that's a funny thing. Like you still look at this and you're like, okay, the 11th and 12th picks we had here, you're still like, oh, those were like, those would be like one of the first three races you'd mention in mo- in any diamond league like pretty much like it's just like you get you have to throw those in there um because there's just yeah the pre-classic is always really really loaded and there's which one which one do you has the the biggest i hate to be a downer here but which one has the meh potential uh, i mean men's middle distance for sure has meh potential um i don't see i think the men's mile is gonna be good regardless yeah i mean it should the be. men's the men's two i think has the most meh potential because it's a weird event too yeah, I mean it, it's, you know, that one for sure. I mean the, you I'm know, just guaranteeing that it's going to be good. Like there's going to be a fight in the home stretch. Men's hundred or men's four hundred could end up being that if like if Coleman wins in nine eighty eight or Norman wins in like forty four zero, those are right. those are kind of nothing. You know, then they're not super exciting because they're really really dependent on one guy. Yeah. Um, I just don't see that happening. I think they're both going to go fast. I do too. No, I, I like I said I think I think if, if you're if there's good weather, I think Coleman's dipping under nine eight. So. Under nine eight, yeah. All right, yeah. Heard it here first. It, 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 well, it's a fast track, or it was a fast track. I don't know if it still is. We'll find out. Well, it's fast for distance. <laughs> we know that. Yep. But they're not running the ten thousand of the trials, Bill. So here we are. Should we go to email? Yes. All right, House of Run at gmail dot com. The email address. Uh, I might need your help on some of these because we have a lot to <clears throat> get through. Yeah. So let's fly through these. The Bearded Runner writes in, medium-time listener, first-time emailer, big fan of the show, listen to the podcast most days while working. Well, thank you very much. Nice. I particularly enjoyed the past few weeks of the debate over whether it's states or state meet and was so inspired by how passionately Kevin defended the state over states moniker that I decided to make him a Chrome extension that changes all instances of the word states on a web page to state. (laughs) That's incredible. This is the link to the download the extension. I hope this can help put an end to the debate and begin to close the divide among the House of Run listeners. As Abraham Lincoln once said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Cheers, the bearded runner. Uh, wow. Thank you, by the way. That's great. <laughs> That's just, I'm, I'm honored. I don't think I've ever had a, like extension created specifically. No, I didn't know you could for do me. that. But Yeah, I've seen people do it with other stuff. Uh, nothing always in a joking no. manner. No, nothing this important. <laughs> Uh, Ben in London writes in, yeah, said, glad one of you are making the trip to London. Shame you both can't make it. Uh, he suggests a pre-marathon run jog walk the day before at mm. one of the free park runs, if only for putting on Strava. So there you go. Yeah. Jason, I, the offer is there. I would love, and I would love to do some running. I don't know if I'll actually be able to do some running, but you know, I, I he said for walk. sure. He said yeah. Walk. He did, yeah. There was the walk. I, for sure. Do a, do a meetup like that. That that's going to happen for sure. I mean, I know it's, 
10 months away, basically. So it's still a while. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Brian, the emailer for me from Raleigh, but now from Pennsylvania. Drink. The best of show could be a compilation of the runner, not a runner debate, state versus states, and the old classic amortization. <laughs> for good measure, you can also throw in Ray's collection of moments when you guys were wrong. The Diamond League intro mashup was great. If I was capable of doing it myself, I would add another shirt onto the current House of Run rotation that says this is the Diamond League. <laughs> oh. Regards, that is Brian. Emailer for me from Raleigh, but now from Pennsylvania. I think we should play. Can you find Scooter's voicemail from this week? Let's just play it right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came in on June at 20th, along with everything else. Yes. Um, he sent this in along with some marathon training notes. I did see those. I, need, I mean, I didn't read it because it was, it was extensive. I need to dive into that. Um, hit 35 miles last week, so it's two weeks in a row. Actually, nice. 34 point something. I should, shouldn't cheat and lie to the people out there. It was less than. More than 34, less than 35. I'll say that. But I got nothing to prove. Did you find it? Yes, here it is. All right. Here it is. The uh, the hidden verse, or the final, the B-side, however you want to call it. Here's here's Scooter's follow-up. Time for the 5K. Get ready to wait, because 5K means five commercial breaks. If you expect to watch any field events, you must have NBC Sports Gold, because you're really rich. The people will have 12 Kenyans. All wearing the exact same Nike kits, even though no one ever goes with him. Bromsom is the goat rabbit. This is the Diamond League. Oh man, he never disappoints. So good. He's got that that delivery at the end. It's, it's this is the Diamond it League. It gets you fired up. Like it literally just like yeah. Like, if you told me I could hear that before a big moment in my life, or Michael Buffer doing a Let's Get Ready to Rumble, Ooh. I think Scooters is more iconic. 100%. Yeah. Uh, that, I totally agree. It, like I said, it gets, me, it gets me, like, going. Like, I want to, yeah, just run around the house or something. I don't know. This is, this is fantastic. Uh, so we got this, I got this email from Trey who said, send in two emails last week. Did not hear any mention. Are some questions not show-worthy? Did you guys ever respond? And... That got me to thinking because he did it through the comment. You know, you can leave a oh yeah on our site, which I know we have it up, but it's just easier email house around gmail.com. We get that stuff forwarded to us, but I checked the spam folder. Oh, and I only went back a couple months, but I found a like a not a good amount, but a, a couple that went there. And I don't get it because some of them go to me and some of them don't. So I found, uh, some in there that I want to read now. So some of these are out of order. Yeah. So Trey, yeah, no, we, if, if you take the time to email us, we're going to, we're going to read it on the show unless it's something yeah. specific you don't want us to read on the show. Um, so sorry about that's that. It. Yeah. That's just a more of a fluky glitch in the, the WordPress system, the, the internet system. So let's see, where is, Oh yeah. He said, not sure if you guys saw, I mentioned this embarrassing pre-finished celebration, but in the four by one final SEC championships, Duran Florney, AKA, Oh, yeah. Those are my words. Uh, attempted to do his best Shakari Richardson impression. Trips and hurts the Arkansas anchor. Extremely cringeworthy watch if you have not seen it. I don't... Have you seen it? This... I don't know sure if this is... I did. So he celebrates and then trips. You'd like it because, you know, he got a little comeuppance there. Right. But, like, when he trips, he falls down and takes out the Arkansas guy oh, no. next to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tough end, tough end to his season. Yeah, it's hard to find... Tough end of his season, though, because he ended up getting hurt at NCAAs, so we never got the uh, 
we never got the full oh yeah uh, that we were promised at uh, Texas Relays earlier in the year. So the second one he sent in here was asking about uh, seeking some clarity regarding eligibility. Are college athletes able to compete in world championships as they can in the Olympics or are there other guidelines for athletes like Grant Holloway and Devon Oduru who are eyeing to compete world championships after their college careers? How do these athletes that peak for NCAAs rest and peak again in three months? Any insight? Uh, first question, yes, they can they can compete. Yeah. Happens quite often. Second question, how do they do it? That's the question. That's the question. Because That's we've seen people have a really hard time with it. Yes. And this year, the break is even longer. And I was talking to way back in December. I went to the coaches convention. I was asking coaches, the college coaching convention, about like this question. Yeah. And everybody had different approach or oh it's not that big of a deal or yeah like we'll have to adjust or we got to prioritize the NCAA season one interesting thing was USC's coach Carol Smith Gilbert said the big deal isn't from here to um from NCAAs to, to worlds right she's like it's more the turnaround of how late worlds goes and then into an Olympic year because if you're going until October and then you're trying to do an indoor season and also the Olympic trials next year, I think, don't quote me on this. You can Google it. I think the Olympic trials start a week after NCAAs next year. Ugh. <laughs> so you're basically going until October. And then what would that be? Eight months later, you have the Olympic trials. Nine months, maybe. Yeah, you don't run. The, the, the key is you don't run indoors. I mean, that's I think we're going to see that from a lot of people this year. Not that right. a lot of people don't run indoors yeah. anyway, but yeah. yeah. I just thought that was interesting because, oh, you think of, oh, yeah, I have 12 months to get ready, but it's more like nine. Yeah, and it's – Realistically. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure – I'm just blanking, but like, at, at, you know, we've seen so many amazing college performances. Like, how many of – who have put up, you know, top five times in the world, stuff like that, like, have still been around and done something like that at Worlds or, or the Olympics? Like, Well – I mean, 16 to grass, right? Uh, mm, okay. And then was it, I mean, Karani James in 2011, that was off a of college season, right? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and like I said, I'm sure it's happened in even more events than, I, than I'm blanking on. But it just seems like we every year we have the list of, you know, five, five-ish college athletes who are like, ooh, these guys are, you know, or girls are metal contenders and they have a really hard time even just sometimes getting out of the rounds or qualifying for the team or whatever. Sorry, DeGrasse was 15. DeGrasse was 15. So won the NCAA 100 and the 200 and then went on tied for third. That's right. In that. Oh, so just barely got the medal, but counts. Yeah. And then James. Karani James. I remember Karani James. I'm almost positive. I mean, he won the title in 2011, and that was the same year he won NCAA's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just it seems difficult for for how much talent is in the college system. It it, yeah. it, it usually seems like if someone's a superstar in college now, the next year is a good time to bet on them. Mm-hmm. Well, last year if there was World Championships. I would have bet on a lot of money on Michael Norman winning the 400. I would have felt pretty good a, about it, but <laughs> even with the long college season, I would have bet money on Michael Norman. Yeah. Next up, 
Charles from NorCal, formerly of Virginia, but that was in the 80s. Does that count? Drink. I think it does, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, he says, I just want to hear Jason say drink. So I stepped right in. And I was in NorCal in the 90s, so I still, you know, still counts. (laughs) Regarding state versus states, I was going to be the killjoy who mentioned CIF, but Kevin beat me to it. But I have to say that CIF is a SoCal thing. I coached high school up here in the Bay Area, and we called it state. We took many a trip to Woodward Park. I'm familiar with that. In Fresno for the XC state meet. Here's another one, XC versus CC. Ooh. Oof. That could divide. Yeah, that could, could be big. Divide the, yeah. Also, I went to Lotus of Siam in Vegas a few months back. Had to wait a while, but it was worth it. Also, like Shang Artisan Noodle, if you're into the trendy noodle thing, hmm. I tried to get over to the sports book at New York, New York to look for the bald guy, but never <laughs> made it. Also, as a Peyton Jordan missed an opportunity to see Kevin on the mic. Oh, well, he was hoping for more chances in the second half. Of 2019, yeah, we're not we're not hard to find. Yep, and I'm no longer at New York, New York, but um, do you want to say where you're uh, at? Yeah, or do you want I, to keep that. No, private? I'm at the Aria now. Um, so it's <laughs> just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I've met a few few listeners who have, who've come to visit, and that was awesome. Um, yeah, and I'm not bald anymore because my hair grew back, which is which was a plus. So, okay, so if you go looking for Jason, yeah, look, look for, for really good hair because that's that's what I got. And Jason just got a text message. So that's yes, big. I did. Sorry, I I had my sound on for when I played the thing earlier, and that's what happens. It's my mom texting with- me about the Cubs game. Oh, what? Can you read it? Um, usually, it's uh, it's a series of woohoo's or Pro- yeah or yes or something when something good happens for the Cubs. In this case, okay. she said, "Did you see see who sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game?" But I did not, so I'm gonna have to figure that out. <sighs> can you update us when you? Yeah, I'm texting her back right now. What if it's like Shawnee Miller way, though? <laughs> uh, got an email here from Doug. Yeah. And I see, again, these were the old, old old ones. This one's June 7th. My apologies. This got sent to spam, too. Uh, not sure if you received an answer to your question about CAS. Remember, we are talking about the role of CAS and how it interacts with mm. all the other rulings that have come down. He says, I'm a history professor with a background in the history of law. Quasi-legal organizations like CAS are particularly interesting. Well, see... We get experts writing. In yeah, this see, is this good. is the stuff we need. Uh, he says, international law in the modern era is based on agreements between sovereign states, but sports federations are not officially state actors. International and national sports organizations agree voluntarily to abide by CAS decisions, which fall under a category of arbitration because they want to continue to compete in the Olympic Games. That makes sense, right? Yeah, okay. You play by these rules, you're going to be in this organization. Yeah, you both agree to follow their rules, yeah. Yeah, and whatever ruling they come up with, you have to follow. Uh, it's the same legal principle found in many contracts you've probably signed. Uh-oh, I don't know. what. I, how does he know what I've signed? For example, most credit card user agreements, I do have one of those, say you're agreed to submit to arbitration rather than take the company to court. You want the card and the bank wants to be protected from litigation, so you both agree to these terms. Did you know that, Jason? You cannot sue your credit card company, apparently? I, You know, I was just going to do that, too, but I'm glad he told me. <laughs> Saved a lot of money on a lawyer. Uh, the CAS headquarters in Lausanne, Switzerland, in recognition of Switzerland's historic role as a neutral arbiter in international affairs, as a Swiss arbitration organization, the Swiss Supreme Court is the only venue of appeal of CAS decisions. Okay, that makes sense now. It could not be, for example, the UN Court of Justice because that treaty does not cover sports. What about if the if it's the Earth Sports Intergalactic <laughs> Tribunal? <laughs> Uh, I could talk about this for hours, including the roots of the legal principles from ancient Greece and the ancient Olympics, but I think you have the point. Um, it says, great work on the pod. Get excited every week when I see new episodes are available. That is Doug. 
Uh, appreciate the email very much. Like I said, apologies for not getting to it sooner. Uh, we might be, I might be going back to Doug with more questions too. He's offering up his services here. And again, much smarter than either you or I. Oh, by long shot. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and we have an answer. Um, guy who's saying, uh, seventh inning stretch, uh, Carrie Eloise of, uh, Princess Bride and, um, mm. uh, among other things. So that is one of my favorite okay. movies. So I think that's why, why she probably told me. So not Andre DeGrasse. Unfortunately not. He's like, this is for the haters like Jason in the back. I, I would love nothing more than if an athlete would like had like a, like just like a, just had to shut me down because I was, you know, saying, saying bad stuff. Like that would make me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Anderson of New York City currently living in Japan. Oh, drink. I want to go to Japan. It's on my list. First time emailing, but listening for some years. Now two questions. Somehow between flow track Monday recaps on the run and house of run, Kevin, I'm curious if you ever get bored of recapping the same thing <laughs> essentially three times over, not saying I get bored. Please don't cancel any of the shows. I need all of them. Just curious how you do it. Oh, that's a good question. I try and I need to do a better job of this. It's something I'm still getting used to, to make each one unique and focus on different things on each. I think that's what I try to do is I, you know, when all the, results come in and the events and the news and stuff i try to prioritize and think well this would be good for the pod versus this would be good for video um so it's it's like how you see Stephen a smith on like six different shows in the morning on es all the spns that's thank you someone finally compares me to Stephen a smith uh i mean they're very they're all different in terms of like format and stuff like this we can go on for two hours right yeah and and we just kind of go wherever random conversation takes us and it's built in over yeah. eight years of inside jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and also I'm talking about track. So no, I don't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm extremely lucky. And I yeah, when Kevin I and I it. talk like before the podcast or when we text throughout the week or in person, if we happen to do that, we're also talking about track in the same way. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's an incredible opportunity. Also, he says in regards to foreign hurdles, it seems to you guys, make it into a two-man show more than it actually is. I feel right now it is Samba than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'll mention he wrote this in before Samba got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yes, Benjamin ran 47.02 last year, and I put him number two right now, but consistency is really important. In addition to Warholm's 47.33 European record, he has run 47.85 or better six times in the past two years, and he's also the current world champion, so he has nothing to peak for midseason like Benjamin. As you noted, all these guys around the same age. With that said, I do want Benjamin to win, but I see it right now as Samba than everybody else. Regardless, this really... Seems to be the age of the four meter hurdles. Thanks and love the show. Thank you, Anderson. It's it's, it's a fair point. I mean, it's Rye Benjamin is like oozing with talent, so it's mm-hmm. really easy to just like be like, yeah, like this guy has a good chance to like break the world record or something like that, and he will like have a good chance at that, you know, along with Samba and everything. But it's like, yeah, we still need to see him do it over a full season and like do it in a championship race. I expect him to do it in that situation, but um, yeah, I think I think it makes sense to go like, hey, we just need to, he, you know, he's put up one amazing time, which is was really really amazing, um, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily you know make you a guarantee. Uh, John's up next. He says, "Did he?" And this is from June seventh, and I wish we got this earlier. Did either of you see the DQ in the Wisconsin high school 1600 meters? Once the runner was DQ'd, she wouldn't leave the track, then eventually tried to get back in the race from the infield. <laughs> awesome. This was this was tough to watch, I'll admit. Now, I don't, I don't know the backstory 
of her, but I'll assume she worked very hard to get a place on that starting line. They called her for a false start, which in the 1600, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous when they do it in the NCAA. It's ridiculous when they do it in high school. It'd be ridiculous if they did it in an eighth grade meet. It'd be ridiculous if they did it in the Olympics. There's absolutely no reason (laughs) to have a false start call in a 1600 or anything that doesn't involve blocks. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. I felt bad. I'm watching this thing and she won't leave. I mean, it's sort of like John Drummond and it's obvious and it seems like it's like this Jamaican hurdle race too, where she's like, no, no. And then they keep, you know, getting people to come talk to her. And she's like, no, uh, eventually her coach comes out when I was watching. I, I, it appeared to be her coach and her coach kind of tries to escort her out and she's just kind of like pushes him away and like storms away from him. Um, and then, yeah, as he mentioned, she tries to run back on like he they get her off the infield and then she tries to like dash back on after it's and then they'd fire another gun so then you can see the, the whole field gets like frustrated because they have to restart again after waiting but look i look at that and i just think i i mean if she i don't know if she's a senior but it's like you your whole everything you work for comes down to that and <laughs> You're getting just let her run. I mean, well, it's just I don't I don't I don't I don't get who this the, I don't get who this serves. Um, you know, does it put everybody else at a disadvantage and and does it like make their experience suck? Yes, but like the moment that gun goes off, she can't get in the race. Well, she tried to, but she couldn't. So she's trying to do everything she can to plead her case to get back in. Right, there's only one opportunity, and if if it was a good call, if it was a rule that made sense, then absolutely say okay. You know, you need to respect that this sport has these certain rules and, and move on. But there's no, there's no like reasonable justification for why that rule exists. I'm, I'm probably sure that no one in that field knew that there's such a thing as a false start DQ and distance. Did you know that there was like when we were in high school, were you ever like, don't fall start, don't fall start, don't fall start. Cause you could get DQ'd. Right. No, no, it- no one did. No. And I'm sure we got called up all the time. So it would be yeah. like, so it's, you know, I, okay, I get, like, it, you know, if there's a devil's advocate person, it's like, well, you have to have a rule about false starting. It's like, okay, it, in any race, like, it's like, you can't just have somebody start before everybody else. Fine. Like, I agree. That makes sense. Call them back. Call them back and read it. Yes. And you know what? If that same runner does it twice, then you know what? At that point, I'm okay having that runner not be allowed to run because at a certain point, you just have to go like, come on, what, like, what are you, like, if you get called once, you should just be like the last person to react at that point and just. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. I mean, no, but I'm saying like, twice. like I mean, it's just do it, so, do it, that, make it that rules. It's like, hey, if you do it twice, you're out. Like, where's the bad in that? Like, no, because nobody's really trying to get the false right. It's usually like this. I watched the video. She kind of, stu- you know, stumbles. It's just like she, she loses her balance. And like that yeah. should never be penalized in this kind of situation. It's just a really, yeah, really dumb rule. Yeah, and it's real crappy that this is what happened. And I mean, I don't know if she comes across, you know, if, if you're just like an impartial observer and you don't know anything about track, you're like, well, why is she being petulant about it? Well, all the work and stuff that went into that one. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. No other sport. It's like, that. Yep, you committed a foul in basketball. You're out the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't have done that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I remember, I think I've told this story before, but when I was coaching, um, and we've talked about this, the the jewelry rule on uh, and on yeah. throughout our time here. Probably haven't done it recently, so we can rehash this for a bit. You know, high school jewelry rule, um, 
is in effect in ours was in effect in our section where I was coaching in California. So I had a guy and he wasn't going to advance. He was like the last seed of the second to last seed, but he had had a good season and wanted to end his year with like a PR. Yeah. We get out of, and it's like you get out of school at noon, get on a bus for an hour, right? Then wait around for another two hours. Like you want to run the race and I'm sitting and I'm watching from across the track and he gets to the start line and everybody's lined up there and the gun's right about to go off. And I see him walk across, like starting to walk off the track. And I'm like, that's weird. What's going on? And then the gun goes off and the race starts. And it's because the starter or some official noticed he had an earring in and DQ'd him. <sighs> and, it's, and I'm like, you know, like, what do you, what do you tell somebody? Yeah. At that point. It's so stupid. Now, I mean, it's just like, or you could tell him to take it off. Yeah. And you could put it by the side of the track and he could pick it up later. Or we could or... all be adults and just like let kids wear jewelry under a race if they yeah. really want to. Like but that well that's that's the other part of it. But I just thought what other what other sport like in high school is offered where this the the consequences are that drastic. Yeah, you're for a like for a for minor, yeah, minor in front. Yeah, it would be it would be like, oh, that wide receiver came out uh, to the field to play with a necklace on. Your whole team is disqualified. Yeah. Go home, get on the bus. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. it's it's insane. All right, let's keep it moving. Those are the old ones. Now we got the new ones. I put, I don't know if you see on the Google Doc. At the bottom, yeah, I put them all on there. I, I might need your help on some of these, okay? Uh, AKA the first one to start off with uh, George from Birmingham in the UK. Okay, you want me to take this one? Yeah, yeah. Why don't, yeah why, why don't you go there and then maybe we can trade off because we got a but we're yeah we got I want to get to as many of these as we can. Yeah, no problem. All right, yeah, George from Birmingham. Uh, after hearing you mention on the previous podcast Ethiopia's lack of steeplechasers, I decided to look into it further. Here's what I found. The fastest time ran by an Ethiopian male steeplechaser is only the 225th fastest time of all time. Mm. Um, cons- Consensus Kabutu alone has run 14 times faster than uh, Gannett Wale's 806. Uh, the fastest time ran by an Ethiopian female is the 49th fastest time of all time. How does this happen when the top seven fastest women's 5,000 and seven of the top 10 fastest men's 5,000s are run by Ethiopians? Ethiopia has dominated the 10,000 too with eight of the 10 fastest men times and six of the 10 fastest female times. The only theory I can come up with is that, if we're honest, isn't the steeplechase the event ran by distance runners that don't make it to the preferred 1,500, 5,000, 10,000 distance and therefore revert to the steeplechase in order to qualify for Worlds and Olympics? I'd say that uh, Ethiopia generally has less depth than Kenya, meaning fewer runners are forced into the steeplechase. Do you have any explanation as to why Ethiopians don't run the steeple? I think that's one. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big one for sure. I mean, it's still, like, I agree with them. Still, still, they have more depth than, like, the U.S. does in distance running and pretty much yes. everyone besides Kenya, basically. Um, so it is still surprising, like, how the, the, the massive gulf you know, that, that he points out, they've kind of dominated the five and 10 and sure. A couple, you know, uh, fast runners can, can make a big difference on that. But, you know, I think that is something that will correct. And we're already seeing it just a little bit kind of make more sense because it just doesn't currently. Well, there's also the factor of the Kenyan success, right? So they had success really on in the event, which 
I think, built upon itself. Right. Now, that doesn't explain why that first group won gold medals, but I think once they did, everybody got aware of that event in the country, and then it just became a tradition. Two, didn't we, at some point, we had a guest on or something who like went to Kenya and said, like, in the whole country, there's like three steeple facilities or something like yeah, that. That's, yeah, that sounds familiar for sure. And I can't imagine, and the number might be wrong. It might be 10, but still, there's 10 in Austin, right. Texas. I mean, there's, there's probably more in Las Vegas than there are in all of Kenya, which if you know anything about Las Vegas and the running mecca that it is, just go talk to Jason Big at the sometime. Big steeple. Well, so if it's that way in Kenya, I'm guessing it's the same or maybe even worse in Ethiopia. So that's hard to get that going if you've, you know, like if the facilities aren't there and there's not that many um, steeple pits available, well, how are you even going to do it? It doesn't matter how deep your bench is with depth. If they're literally not able to practice going over the barrier, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a combination of those things. Cause you're right. Then that doesn't explain why the U S uh, has been, has been better than Ethiopia, right? We could say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, your facilities things would be the, would be the big reason. But yeah, you'd think, you'd think, yeah, Ethiopia would start throwing more in it. And maybe we'll start seeing that because you know Kenyan athletes. You think of people who are you know unbelievable at the steeplechase, but maybe not the most ideal form going over the barriers usually. Oh, um, that's putting it mildly. Yeah. Yes. So it's so it is, you know, one of those things where it's like, yeah, like even if you don't practice a lot you just find a way to jump over the things and, and figure it out. Because if you're really fast, it kind of yeah, won't affect you yeah. too much unless you really, right. uh, you know, just completely trip over it. But um, yeah, I, I would guess we'll see this more and more over the next, you know, decade. All right. I'll do this next one. We'll alternate. Yeah. How's that sound? Sounds good. Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Drink. Hello, Kevin and Jason. One, it is state, not states. However, in making this statement, I'm now forcing myself to say Olympic Games and NCAA World Championships instead of shortening them. <laughs> Two, favorite random athletes. Remember we asked a question? Oh, yeah. Favorite random athlete. Uh, Nick Willis, his interview mm. immediately after breaking, uh, running 329 in Monaco in 2014 was one of the greatest and most inspiring post-race interviews ever. Okay, he's not a random athlete, but he is getting up there in age. Two, Will Lear, man bun check, badass beard check, generally good guy who wants a clean sport check. Three, Quentin Cassidy got kicked off the college team, moves to a cabin in the forest, trains under tutelage. <laughs> what about real runners here? Uh, reads a lot of books, grows a beard, races as a finished athlete against the best miler in the world. Three, Adidas. Oh, third point. Adidas boost Boston games. I like what they're doing with the outdoor track and the streets of Boston. Unfortunately, weather did not cooperate. Track and field needs more events like this in unique spaces to draw new fans. Also, the officials made the right call by not DQing Lyles for his false start in the 150. Speaking of false starts, four, Galen Rupp had an interview recently with Runner's World. Sounds like he's making a lot of progress. However, he is putting a lot of pressure to hit the uh, Olympic standard in Chicago. Uh, I assume he has a backup plan in place, but any additional week added to his Chicago schedule is one less week he has to recover train before the brutal trials conditions in Atlanta. Or is Rupp at 85 to 90% still better than every other U.S. marathoner that it doesn't matter? All the best. That is Marshall. To answer your last question, I don't know if he's better than all of them, but he's certainly top three at 80 to 90%. Yeah, and I think he probably still is better than all of them, but it's it's closer. But yeah, I, I can't imagine a scenario where he's even close to healthy where he's not top three. It just doesn't. He would have to be seriously hurt or not, you know, not running just to, yeah. just to not, not make that spot. 
Let's go to Colin number three. Colin number three. I like it. Uh, once again, thanks for checking out my email. This time, I don't have a question. I actually wanted to add to an already great story. I know I'm a little late to the punch, but Flowtrack just published the YouTube video of Brad Barton's 419.59 mile world record for his age group, so I thought I would follow up. I actually had the blessing to be at MCDC this year and watched... It's the music, sorry, music City Distance Carnival. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, and this was the 50 to 54-year-old world record. 419. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a two-man battle between... So awesome. Uh, what was not captured by the video or announcer was what happened close uh, to 800 meters into the race. Uh, Dave Milner, their meet director, was keeping the crowd up to date on the race by his usual play-by-play announcing when he cut out. Not only did he cut out, but it only took a little time to realize the timer screen had also cut out. Power was gone. For a man trying to break a world record, this could completely throw you off or motivate you even more. Considering that the crowd seemed to quiet down, not knowing the time, and the racers did not have a live clock uh Either the record seemed in jeopardy, and racers don't have a live clock. Either the record seemed in jeopardy. In a turn for the for the best, it was a super legit meet, and they had handheld timers running as backups. Dave Milner resorted <laughs> to yelling out the times to the runners as they passed by the start <laughs> start finish, and uh, waving his hands in ve- vehement circles as they closed in the final hundred. The intensity seemed to drop uh, after the outage because nobody except Dave and the timers had any idea where the w- racers were at. It was an awkward situation cheering for a world record. You had no idea if it was uh, in reach or well passed. Everyone waited in suspense until after the race. Dave made the public announce it by yelling to the crowd. <laughs> Brad Barton had broken the record. The crowd was excited, but as you might guess, Brad was the most excited of everyone, and you could definitely tell. The happy ending of the story was that they got the generator up and running, and so the meet continued. That's a really cool story. I obviously had no idea that this actually happened. Um, and that's one of those things like sometimes you just can't control like stuff happens mm-hmm. and that sucks. But it seems like uh, Dave Milner like did basically everything right in trying to he keep saved it going. It. Yeah. And uh, I do like kind of the suspense like of did he get it? Yeah. Like everyone just kind of sitting there like waiting for, you know, like did he break the four minute mile for the first time? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> it was uh, that's pretty cool. Dan from Chicago, long time, ninth time. I have two more questions that will no doubt make me the leader in the clubhouse for official House of Run curmudgeon. First, can you ever remember Diamond League pacing being as bad as it's been this year? Mm. Yes, I can answer this question. <laughs> I can't recall ever seeing so many instances, let alone in the early in the season, where pacers took off an insane and or inconsistent paces, peeled off at the end of their duties into lane two and thus impeding runners, or have been passed early by the main fields. There have been individual women's distance races where Noelle Yarigo of Benin pulled off the hat trick and did all three at once, <laughs> short of cloning Bram Som. What can be done? That's the only choice. We have to clone Bram Som. Second, like so many, I uh, was thrilled watching Sydney run down to Lil Muhammad in the Oslo 400 hurdles. What an exciting race. However, when she finished, she looked about as excited as I do when I run to the end of my driveway to grab my mail. Now, hopefully we've all learned that telling women to smile more is not a great idea, but in an era of Grant Holloway and Noah Lyles, is Sydney too chilled out for her own markability's sake? Mm. Thanks. Love the show of always. Dan from Chicago. P.S. Get off my lawn, you whippersnappers. I, I mean, I think Sydney sort of transcends all that, and I think if you're winning, I don't think it matters, and I think the biggest thing is just being yourself, and if that's who you are, that comes across as well. Like I'd rather have someone do that than try to act very outgoing when it's just not naturally in their personality. Right. I I think when she wins gold medals and, and is 
front and center during the Olympics, people are gonna, you know, become a become interested in in what what she's saying and what she's doing, and it doesn't necessarily need to be. I mean, I mean, Allison Felix is pretty sub, very subdued, right? If you put like Lyles on one end of the spectrum, right? I, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, Allison perfect, Felix draw stuff in. perfect world. I mean, you love a no someone like No Lyles because it's like, how do you not smile? Like someone who's has all the talent in the world, like Sydney and Noah Lyles, and then just like has the super, you know, just like lovable personality. It's like, yeah, like that's fantastic, and that would that'd be great. But you're right, you don't want the phony that, and most people, I would say, aren't that. Um, also, the four also, hurdles the is hurdles. a yeah. brutal race. Like that is, it, it's one of probably the most painful races there are. Um, it's not the two hundred. Yeah, so it, it's it's you know, like I said, I, I think you know, hey, if she if she you know all of a sudden. Uh, sets a world record or wins a gold medal at some point. Um, you'll, yeah. I think you'll see probably a happier, happier version. That was her first big race. You know, it was, it was a big, our first diamond league race. So it was probably a big, uh, you know, big thing. I'll do two in a row here. We got Tommy from York PA, but currently in Denver, Colorado drink. Brian last week made a point that we here in Pennsylvania call it States, just as we call our league meet counties or district meet or districts. And finally States at practice, we refer to the PIAA track and field championships as either the state meet or states. So there you go. Yeah. I'm right again. Uh, but take, <laughs> he says, take a quick 20-minute drive into Maryland, and they call it state as far as I know. Yes, state is grammatically correct, but I'm from Pennsylvania, and we call it states. Uh, this week's trivia, who, this is interesting, who would your U.S. relay teams be for world champs this year, men's, women's, and mixed relays? Um, Lincoln wrote an article about this on on Flowtrack that he's referring to. Um I'm 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 really interested in your men's four by one, mm. and let me throw let me throw some some names out here for you. I'm gonna try to find this article for you. Um, well, I mean, you obviously know the big names. We all know the big names. I mean, yeah, I mean, Colin Lyles are would be obviously your first two choices, pretty much no matter what. So here's who he's got potentials: Lyles, Coleman, Norman, Holloway, Cravon Gillespie, Jalen Bacon, Isaiah Young, Cameron Burrell, Ronnie Baker, Gatlin, Rogers, or somebody else. Um, I feel like we haven't seen Ronnie Baker run this year, but if he's anything close to what he was last year, which was like Fast. easily the ne- like easily the, one of the top three in the world, let alone the, in yeah. the U.S., then he's uh, if he's anything close to that, I think he has to be on that team. Um, you know, you got like a Gatlin. I have no idea what he has left. So maybe we'll figure out a little bit at pre or formally mm-hmm. known as pre. Um, Grant Holloway is a really interesting one. Yeah, that's that and Norman are like, okay. Yeah, and Norman, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's a 400 guy, but obviously he runs really well in the two. I think I'd be more tempted to go Holloway than Norman, mm-hmm. personally. I mean, Norman's going to be running the four by four, obviously. Um, and maybe the mixed gen. Right? Way. Yeah. I, so. So I would say, yeah, for sure I feel good. I mean, Baker, Lyles, Coleman is a, is a no-brainer top three for me. And then I think I'm leaning towards Holloway as my four. But, I mean, if, if put- Gatlin's really good and you want to throw the the, cla- you know, the, the the veteran on there to teach you how to drop batons, then I understand. You got to put – no, there's one veteran you got to put on there who doesn't drop batons. Mike Rogers. Yeah, that's maybe. true. I mean, Rogers is – I feel like he's – yeah, either he's going to be on or he's going to be one of the alternates. Um because he's, you know, Mr. Consistent. But I'm not sure he's one of the four best 100-meter uh, runners in the U.S. at this point. Well, it's a tough squ- a tough squad to make. Very tough. Uh, Hardest team to make. 
Yeah, Rodgers will run ten flat this year. Yeah, I mean he will. <laughs> it's it's he well he's gonna run he's gonna run nine nine by the end of the year. It's just gonna happen. Yeah, it's absolutely. Along with a lot of other guys, but yeah, he's he's he still he still would be plenty enough to do it. And I mean, if the U.S. is even. I mean, if they keep the baton, they should not be beat by anybody, and it shouldn't be close. Well, here's what's going to happen, right? So Gatlin has the bye. Um, at USA's, three other people are going to qualify for the meet, and those three people are going to be very fast Yeah, people because they're going to get through USA's. So we assume uh, one of those people is going to be Coleman. Now, if Lyles doesn't, doesn't run the 100, which he says he's not going to do, those other two people, I think, are going to obviously have a very strong case because they're going to run something very quick in Des Moines right. to get second. And then you're going to have one other spot. And that, I think, I think that that is more likely to go to Lyles than someone like Holloway or Norman just because the proximity right. to the event makes more sense. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. Now, Granola ran the 4 by one at Florida and also ran a ridiculous 60 mm-hmm. indoors, so I have no doubt he could run a very fast I think he would that's... be a very good pick. And I, 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 like, I like a really youthful 4 by one I think that's fun. I think, yeah. Now, Lyles and Coleman don't get along, but like if they did, and you had like Lyles, Coleman, Norman, Holloway, that would be the all like charisma team. Right, yeah, that, that would be, I don't know, that would be call, a like, very fun team. team. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, you're up next, and it's Matt. One of the we have back to back Matts here, but the first Matt. This is Matt to from you. Home of the Top 18. Ooh, that's right, Kevin and Jason. Yeah. This is Matt from Home of the Top 18. I love how the state <laughs> versus states battle is going on still. Here is the bombshell to close it out. In England, yes. they, oh, this is big. In England, they call math class maths and not math. <laughs> the debate why they do this is similar to states versus states. Uh, but we would be hard pressed to find a person over here that thinks maths is correct. Case closed. No, Matt. Jason does. Jason thinks they make a good point, man. I, but you know what? Like, I mean, that there is a clear dividing line between like England and the U.S. and maybe I, I don't know what the rest of the world does, but like they call it maths over there, and we call it math over here. Like, I think that's I, I think that makes you know. It's like at that point you're crossing. Yeah. You're, you're well, you're crossing state lines. You know, you're you're, you're being a um, that's, well, you're being a traitor to Nevada. Nevada, we didn't ever call it states in Nevada. I'm saying I, well, I will still call it state myself, but there's no there's no good argument that can't that you can't say states and be correct. This is you know what you know how this emailer right by the name of Matt. Yeah. When he goes into Pennsylvania, they call him Matts, and you're for that. I th- I hope you know what you're supporting. <laughs> Speaking of Matt, we got another one. Yeah. Uh, Two Matts. Another one. While Jason may not, I have your back, Kevin. It's state, all caps. Here's a key. Some states refer to their meet in the singular form, state meet or state championship. In these states, the common terminology is state meet. In other states, the meet is described in the plural form as state championships. In these states, as commonly terminology is states. I provide two relevant examples. Nevada state championship meet. State. So there you go. So he's bringing facts here. Pennsylvania state track and field championships states while it allows both uses to be correct although states sounds no although states sounds weird my argument i feel as though the real force tearing us apart is governing bodies and naming conventions at least it isn't zoning codes and amortization (laughs) uh and that is another person that jason would call matt's i think i think matt's was dead on here this is it, it 
he's saying it's it's depending on the state how they how they refer to it, and I think that's uh, absolutely correct. Uh, I agree with the other. Matt Open your Moore. mind, Kevin. You know, just can't everything can't be black and white, dude. You just gotta be able to be open to this. All right, we got Robert here. We got like we have like seven, eight emails to go. We can do wow. this. We can do this in under hundred minutes. All right, Robert, Fortley, New Jersey, with the news of Shikari Richardson, Manu Duplantis, drink and <laughs> sorry, what's that? I said, drink. Oh, drink. I want to be like you. It just doesn't work. Money <laughs> uh, plans and uh, many other athletes leaving college early to go pro. I was wondering if you could provide some insight on what goes on behind the scene when it comes to signing with a sponsor. Obviously, the money is important. However, what are some of the stipulations that the athlete has to adhere to in order to remain with the sponsor? Are there terms and conditions based on how many events the person has to compete in or meeting certain uh, PB benchmarks or even the selection of coaches and training partners? Any input is appreciated. Oh, this made me think of From, PB versus PR, too, as another one. Yeah, we'll do that next yep. week. Short answer, I mean, I don't know. I've never been in the room, but from my understanding, it's all that stuff. And Definitely certain meets you have to run and Yeah, so the Nike athlete, like if a Nike, and, yeah. if, an, if a Nike athlete is healthy, they go to pre-classic. That's in the contract. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. That's why you see all the Nike athletes. At pre-classic, um, yeah, certain groups, right? So are affiliated with certain sponsors. So yeah, you would need to go to certain groups and certain coaches. In some instances, are affiliated with certain shoe companies as well, too. So that would impact where an athlete would go. Uh, in terms of yeah, there's minimum because there's well mo- in most contracts, right? There's reduction clauses from what we've gathered based on drips and drabs over the years. Yeah. You you need to compete in X amount of meets, or you need to be in the top whatever in in this event. Otherwise, your contract goes from this down to this. Uh, there's also bonuses, from what I understand too. But the stuff that gets the most publicity is reduction clauses, because particularly when athletes are injured and they can't compete, and they can't run in the minimum amount of meets, or they can't finish in the top ten, twenty, fifteen, whatever it is of their event, they can lose some um, cash. The length of contracts are interesting because I've heard, I mean, some contracts I've heard, you know, this is a 10-year deal, right? They're more like along the lines of like MLB contracts than NBA contracts, but other ones are are much shorter. So I don't know what the average contract is. I think typically, well, if, if it's a big name, they want to lock them up for at least that Olympic cycle. And then maybe you go one more after that. Um but what was it? I mean, when DeGrasse, someone's was 10 years. Was it DeGrasse? I don't remember whose it was. Oh, yeah. Someone's got kind of public, which was rare because that never really happens with these contracts. But that's all I got. Um, let's go to Kyle in California. Yep. I recently joined the House of Run group on Strava. Welcome. I decided to check out Kevin's page. I've learned from the last two years of training, uh, listening to the podcast, excuse me, that we are about the same age. Now I can see that Kevin's fastest 1K and 5K on Strava are both within a second of my bests on the site. Wow. And our fastest miles are four seconds apart. If I wasn't already 380 miles behind Kevin with my 2019 training, I'd feel like I was somehow mandated to challenge him to a race to settle our heretofore unknown rivalry. Instead, I'll just use this as motivation to ramp up my mileage this summer. That's Kyle in California. Nice. Yeah, Kyle. Ah, you should absolutely cool. challenge him, Kyle. Uh, you could probably me convincingly but the scooter training plan that I'm yeah that's true gonna... that's big he's gonna be singing songs during training and stuff now it's gonna be awesome <laughs> this is kevin's tempo run <laughs> uh let's go to trevor in socal uh 
this is a. It starts off with a P.S. So I'm confused, but I'm gonna just go with it. Uh, P.S. Uh, because it was a follow. He wrote in last. Oh, uh, okay. This is a follow up to that. Gotcha. Uh, a few more Bowerman thoughts. The Bowerman is uh, supposed to go to the top collegiate track and field athlete of the year, right? So what if that athlete is in a different division than NCAA one? Uh, I'm sure you've at least considered this possibility, but this year we had a pretty salient example with Kenny Bednarik and his ridiculous times while running for a JUCO. So I guess my questions are: Will a non-D1 athlete ever be a Bowerman finalist? What would it take? For- I th- oh, sir, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, we can take go these ahead. one by one. I well, I think, I think ever is a long time. I think. Well, I don't. They have to be. Junior colleges aren't part of NCAA. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I think so. Even though the coaches association gives out the award, I don't think. I think it's supposed to go to an NCAA athlete, and they're not part of it. Hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if, there, if there's a rule behind that. I mean, it seemed like, yeah, people are good enough to do it. But, yeah, I don't know if there's a rule against it. Uh, yeah. What would it take for them to win? Uh, they would have to overcome the circular logic of the, well, they can't be that good because they didn't win a D1 championship logic. I mean, if someone was, like, almost, like, world record setting or at the very least world lead setting and, you know, kind of doing it world on that level. Best setting. Yeah, you know. just where they were just so clearly the best in, in the world. I think that easily comes overcomes that. Um, we'll never see a JUCO athlete win the Bowerman, right? That's a situation that doesn't even need planning for. It's about as unlikely as someone setting an American record in a Swedish, Swedish jersey at your <laughs> Yeah. You, yes. Yeah. That's, I agree. I mean, that's, I mean, that's perfectly said. And last thought, the award institution is the United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. Uh, Division Two has schools in Puerto Rico and Canada. Are there athletes eligible to win the Bowerman? Yes. I hope so. I don't know. They really should be. They absolutely should be, yeah. but that's a great question. Uh, so that's uh, thanks for indulging me. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and that's, uh, that's Trevor and Soko. Henry from Minnesota, new listener, enjoy the show. Totally got me hooked on competitive athletics, and I wish there was more coverage of it by others. Agreed. Well, you got 100 minutes here. There's no room <laughs> for others. I was watching some of the old Olympic films on the Olympic YouTube if you haven't seen them, they're great. This time I was watching the 1948 film, which has some pretty incredible quality for the time. Included is probably the highest resolution video of Willie Steele's 25 feet, 8 inch winning long jump. I think that he fouled. <laughs> Obviously, it was close or it would have been caught. But right when I saw the clip, it seemed totally unbelievable to me that it was a legit jump. And he sent along some screenshots. I, I got to admit, I looked at these, Jason. Henry's onto something. Yeah. I, I I actually didn't see these yet, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, yeah, this might be this might be uh, this might be a foul. Man, retroactive. Yeah. Seventy years. Yeah, don't DQ high school runners in in Wisconsin. Go get this medal from 1948. Yeah, that is. Really, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's tough. It's, I mean, it's t- either it's a, the most perfect jump ever that he didn't go over the line, or he is over the line for sure. You know how many. Things can go wrong, right, in a long jump, like especially back then, right? Like you could have measured – like someone could have screwed up on the the, the the foul, right? Like whether or not it was – they're all the way on the board or not. Yeah. Uh, they could – like they could have – the mark could be wrong. Yeah. Right? Like now, nine times out of ten, they're going to – or 99 times out of 100, probably they're going to get it right. But there's just like a chance for human error there, right? There's a chance for human error – when they're measuring it. And I'm talking about like the old, you know, now they have all this crazy good technology to make sure and lasers and all that sort of stuff. And then like, even like recording the actual 
like recording the actual jump. I that just it seems like maybe every event has this, but it just stuck out to me when I was looking at these pictures. Like the long, there's like a lot that could go wrong in the in like the long jump to where you could be like, oh no, actually it was off by four feet. Sorry. Yeah. It's... Did you say twenty seven? I heard thirty seven. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, especially back, like I said, now machines make it so much easier. But yeah, but back then, who knows? And I don't know, I mean, how strict... There's just a lot of people involved in it, right? Yeah, like, like, I mean, how strict yeah. was the, you know, sand level and all that fun stuff, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got that email before yeah, about... like, that yeah, could be a the big pit. difference. And so, who knows? Like, that, that yeah. But that's fun. That's like, what... I, I would be, I think I could easily see myself getting into that YouTube rabbit hole of just, like, yeah. watching just, yeah, 80-year-old Olympic Games. All right, we got three to go. All right, here we go. From Bruno, not Mars. What's up, fella? This is Bruno, not Mars. Formerly from Illinois, but now from Boise. Drink. Thank you. I was listening to the show and heard Ryan write in from Boise and immediately paused my listening to send an email since when an email is sent obviously matters a great deal on a podcast. But I had to write in and make sure Boise got its due. Uh, I also had some thoughts on running. Not sure how relevant they are to this moment, but as a listener for a little over a year, I've learned uh, relevance is not always a prerequisite for writing in. Absolutely true. Uh, what are your thoughts on moving the Olympic World Champs five uh, ten to the roads? I know this might be unpopular mm. among purists, but given that they're leaving the Diamond League and five uh, to ten k road races seem to be more popular to the general person, it seems like something at least thinking about. The finish could take the form of the marathon and conclude with a lap around the Olympic Stadium. Plus, it would eliminate the need for heats since the road is so much larger than the track. I mean, no disrespect to the 510 uh, track greats, but it figured it was worth the mention since it's been on my mind lately. And finally, shout out to the mid uh, west to the Midwestern for getting me the Beat Orkney shirt. I love is that Midwest? Mid- oh, Midwest. Midwest. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because it's Midwestern. So Midwest for getting me the Beat Orkney shirt. I love getting to explain hashtag Beat Orkney and House of Run to everyone that I know. Uh, and that is Bruno. Well, first of all, appreciate telling people about House of Run. That's awesome. Five uh, K, ten K to the roads. I say do the ten K right now. I'm I'm in. I'm in. Wow, that's all it Done. took, huh? Five K. Uh, I could I could I want to keep that on the track. I think, but ten K. Yeah, let's take it to the roads. I prefer. I'm watching track races to watching road races. I just I think they're more interesting. I do like the idea of getting rid of heats in the 5K. Right. Some people like that. I don't know why. I think if you could get everything down to one heat, it would be be better in the distance races. Um, yeah. I mean, I I would listen to the argument, but I don't. Maybe do it at World Champs once, and then and then come back to me. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah, can't hurt to try it out. Might as well, right? Yeah, I just I mean, what's the goal of it? Is the goal just to mix it up or is the goal you think more people are going to be interested? Cuz I don't think I don't think it would change the interest level. No. It. It'll I don't think so either. It might be I I could see it being a more interesting race. Oh, just because it's less you think it'd be less tactical. Yeah, I'm hoping that. Yeah. Yeah. Matt from Muskoka Hey, guys, just a quick note. I tried ordering two House of Run shirts just now. Apparently, it doesn't ship to Canada. Ooh. Can you guys make that happen? No, because Canada, <laughs> no, we're not. There's just, that's not going to We'll happen. look into that. Uh, uh, by the way, it's Matt from Muskoka, the Raps fan. Yeah. Jason, I got a good laugh. When you quickly inserted hashtag <laughs> We the North into last week's show, just so you know, the updated tag is We the Champs. Just stop. Hashtag We the Champs. 
Uh, did either of you guys see the footage from the parade? It was epic to say the least. Type Raptors Parade. Into, yeah, I know how to YouTube. All right. I, I'm not going to do it though, Matt. It's like torture for me. I took my two-year-old son down to see it. What a day. I mean, yeah, you're a great dad. I get that. That's awesome. Um, Kevin, I think you should allow the NBA banter to resume. To be honest, I'd rather hear you guys talk NBA than some of the commentators on local TV. It's all for now. P.S. Jason, any luck getting the show on Google Play? Ooh. It's a separate platform yeah. from Google Podcasts. All right. Well, I mean, you and Matt are tight, so you guys figure out Google Play. You guys figure out the House of Rock. Is that uh, – I mean, Kevin is the one who made it possible well, for the shirts in general and then also to get the shirts to the UK. I don't know if he can do something about Canada. But like between DeGrasse and the Raptors – Canada's been really getting. DeGrasse is your boy, though. So themselves. he is. But like, let's just pump the brakes. What if I told you Canada? before the NBA Finals and said, "Okay, the the Raptors are going to win, but it, it means Andre DeGrasse is going to be back." Would you have taken that trade off? No, no, no. Oh. This is again. This is this was a nightmare scenario <laughs> for me, Jason. <laughs> this has been a a nightmare scenario. We don't talk about other sports on the show, though. Sorry, Matt. We only talk about <laughs> running. It's been forbidden. I don't, how are you going to feel when Kawhi leaves? Like, hey, how they, get, they got a banner. Like Flags fly forever. You, you, so you'd feel fine with that? You'd be cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, you get a championship. Like, the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Like, that, okay. It doesn't feel a little weird at all. A guy comes for literally one year and then leaves. Hey, it's, Look, it's, I'm it's, not, it'll go I'm down not, as the greatest trade ever. Uh, no, we got Jakob Pertl, who is a very serviceable big guy off the bench. DeRozan, they would have beat him the Warriors in five with DeRozan. I think that's pretty clear. Um, no, I'm take off your like cynical sports fan hat on at, for a moment. You wouldn't have like it wouldn't feel different to you at all. I think if if, if you've never had a championship before. And or you know Toronto, they haven't won a championship in. I mean, the, the Maple Leafs won it what like the early nineties. I want to say, um, and maybe maybe I'm mixing that up with something else. Um, but it's it's been a while. You know, they're oh no, sorry, they haven't won it since '67. The Maple Leafs, the Raptors have never won it. Uh, I think you, I think you just get really happy with what you got there. And yeah, sure, you, you sure, have sure, the hired sure. gun. But it also it wasn't you know I think a cheaper one is like the heat, like with the signing three superstars who just happened to come to your team, like as opposed to an actual trade where you had to give up value all, and get value. Like, I feel like that's, that's way more fair. It all, it all comes back to LeBron with you, but like, you don't think deep down a Raptors fan would be more attached to this title. If they somehow did it with like DeRozan and La- you know, the right, I mean, the guys yeah, that had that, last like, year. Sure. You could be, in a perfect world, but I think you're talking the difference yeah. between a an absolute perfect 10.0 scenario and a 9.8. I just think for the rest of their lot, like if he leaves, now if he doesn't leave, this is different. But if he leaves, they're going to, you know, he's going to tell his two year old son about this team and they're going to watch the highlights on YouTube forever. And if it's a guy who was just there for 20 minutes, I, I think it just feels, look, I'm a fan of San Antonio Spurs, indisputably the best franchise in the history of sports. so maybe i'm a little i'm a little biased here but it just it was because there was that core that stuck around it was just you you felt like you were cheering for a little bit more than just the jersey every time 
oh, I know this guy. I know the ups and downs. They lost, and then they won, and they had injuries, and they came back. Not like this dude showed up, they won, he won, and then left. But again, maybe I'm of a different era. <laughs> maybe I, I think that's – yeah, I, I, like I said, I think that's a perfect scenario, and I, I understand that. I have that. a lot of titles. The Spurs, we have so many titles. They, it's just they hard do. to rank they had, the They have, what, five? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Ka- Kawhi has two, one of them with the Spurs. Yeah. So – by the way, you know the only player in NBA history to come back with a better PER from an Achilles injury is? Hmm. Rudy Gay. So I don't want him to just blasphemy about the Spurs training staff. Am I defending a professional sports team's training staff? Yes, I am at this point. All right. Let's move. We got one more. Last one. So this is we're, – we're at an hour, well past an hour. Yeah, we're close, to, so we're close is, to two hours is, at this point. We're close, we're close to a record here, so this is what you get. Sorry, folks. Yep. Here we go. Brian Wilson, not the beach boy. Hey guys, the email last week about some track events don't translate well to real-world scenarios made me start thinking about what types of events would translate well. I like the elimination mile to kind of replicate running away from something threatening, uh, but I think a better way to do that would be who can get the furthest in some arbitrary amount of time. Uh, Sometimes the race could be 10 seconds or it could be 5 minutes. Regardless, you have to be going all out the whole time. Uh, We've covered a couple races like this over the years, I feel like. Uh, The idea also popped into my... Well, yeah, they have... They have like the hour run, right? That's a right. It's like yeah, you just go as far as you can, and Deli Kipchoge is going to finish a marathon at, some, at that point. At some point, um, the idea also popped into my mind of a race where people have to defend themselves from projectiles while running. Okay, now you're just talking about the aggro crack. Um, not sure how this or assault. Yeah, oh, that's true. Uh, not sure how this relates to real life, but maybe we could just add in that, add that into the steeplechase for a little more fun, for something more like maneuvering through a forest or terrain or something. Uh, I think the person that wrote. That email would enjoy world chase tag, uh, taxi YouTube clip here. One of the best rounds, in my opinion, timestamp 223. I I need to watch that because I have not seen that. Um, Other than that, I think the most practical things are covered by other Olympic sports like swimming, wrestling, and in 2020, climbing. On another note, I just moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, and immediately sought out running groups. On my first run with the Wilmington Roadrunners, someone told me about this road trip through Ohio. He made an extended stop in Cincinnati because he said, and I quote, it's somewhere they have had always wanted to visit. (laughs) He said he thought it was a great running town being by the Ohio River and having lots of cool bridges to run across, and they, they enjoyed a Reds game, some chili, and Grater's ice cream. Now that I'm thinking of it... I've heard a lot of people say they love running in Cincinnati, which I guess might have been a good thing to mention while talking about it on a running podcast. Mm-hmm. Happy running, mm-hmm. Brian Wilson, not the Beach Boy. Cincinnati, running town. Who would have thought? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's, but are they known as a running town? I mean, maybe they will be now. <laughs> I don't think I'm any closer to the answer to that question. I just need to go myself yeah. and do a, and do a uh, full-on travel Reds ga- we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do some running, get a Reds game, have some Grater's ice cream. I, yeah, I'm definitely in on the. I feel like the chili's going to be disappointing, sure. but I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it once or twice. I'll do it with the spaghetti. That sounds good. Um, all right, that's it. That's the show. Whew. We'll leave it there. Uh, some late breaking NBA news. While we were recording at some point, Giannis won MVP. Good. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. About I mean, it should, Giannis over Harden. You, I know you agree with that. Well, I just don't like James Harden as a basketball player, yeah. so it's not like I'm. I listen to all these NBA podcasts, and they're like, man, I was really mulling over second team All NBA, and just like I don't care. Like, just maybe it's because I'm a track person, so I'm just like, I just like to just go do the thing, yeah. and then I'll watch it. Like, I don't care about the all these subjective measures of greatness. I mean, they both were. I mean, Harden 
look, I can take a step back. I don't like watching him play. I don't think it's an aesthetically pleasing nope. style of basketball. And does that matter? No, but it sort of does. But I recognize he was really good. No, he, and he I was, was very good. And, yeah. But I just think you know, Giannis is a legit great defender as well. And I'll I'll take that. Well, you put a hard you put a hard D G on Giannis there. You didn't go Giannis. Giannis. I do Giannis. go Giannis. Yeah, which I probably should go Giannis. But it's just. Do you say GIF or GIF? Oh, it's it's GIF. Okay. You, math or maths? Maths for sure. But that's just TV I watch or a PR. Lot of, uh, ooh, I'm a I'm a PR. Yeah. Well, because you're from the United States, uh, state or states. Depends where you're at, Kevin. It's I can't. Decide. All right, we'll leave it there. Houseofrunnergmail.com is the email address. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Priya's on Sunday. We'll probably be back uh, early next week to record to recap that. So stay tuned. If you want any of the shirts, go to our website, houseofrun.com. If you're in Canada, we'll do our best. No guarantees, though. Just buy an extra Raptor shirt. You'll be fine. For Jason, I'm Kevin. Talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis. Hashtag we the champs. No, that's no. I, they had it. Like, hey, they deserve one. That's it. That's the end, though.